Grab your Bibles quickly. I want to hurry. I want to go right into this word. In fact, I brought my baton with me because I've learned if I'm ever going to lead the orchestra, I got to turn my back on the crowd. Seen crazy moves of God lately. Writing a book right now for charisma. They asked me to write it. And it's my message. Why is God so mad at us? Because places we go, students come running up to us. And if they're cutters, their scars are disappearing. Right in the middle of our services, the craziest thing I've ever seen. Doing a conference in Monterey with called Spirit West Coast. About 30,000 students. Kids lined up outside. Nate comes running in. He said, Dad, you got to see this. And I said, Nate, I had been up all night. Went from Phoenix to L.A. And, and, and preached on this massive stage. And Nate says, Dad, you got to see this. And I walk out there. And there's kids standing there going, look, while you're preaching on the Father's love, my scars disappeared on my cutter. Last few weeks, my own father-in-law, because God gave me a message called the backside of the cross on healing. We, uh, Karen put him on speakerphone. He had cancer on his face. And as I got done preaching the message, the backside of the cross on physical healings, we've been seeing crazy stuff. And my own father-in-law was healed of cancer. See, I'm here to tell you something. Listen to me closely. Tonight, he sent me to share. I'm here to talk to everybody that's been on hold. The theme of this conference is moving forward. I love the the, the verse that has been assigned in Job chapter 17 verse 9. Look at that verse. The righteous keep moving forward and those with clean hands become stronger and stronger. So I must preach to every leader in the house tonight. Every person that has been sitting there saying, God, I'm ready for a new season. Do you understand? Back in November and December, October and November of last year, every time I would get on the plane and I fly every week, I would hear, I would hear the word Sela or Sela. Flew 16 times to the West Coast. There was a move of God that broke out in Phoenix at an incredible church and also in, in, in San Francisco at, at Glad Tidings Church where Smith Wigglesworth raised a man from the dead. Hundreds and thousands were pouring in and, and I kept going back and forth to this move of God, these moves of God that were breaking out and, uh, and, 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 and I was doing this thing in Phoenix called Fire in the Desert. Every week I would fly there on Wednesday night and, and every time I'd get on the plane I would hear Selah. I'm like, Lord, why do you keep saying that to me? I know it's in the Psalms. It's in there 73 times, three times in the book of Habakkuk. I looked it up. I know it's in there. I don't even, I didn't really know. I know it means pause. Okay, everybody knows that. I, th- I thought it was a Christian cuss word. Maybe David said it when he broke a harp string. How many of you know you better have some Christian cuss words? <laughs> I got a couple. Sanctification. <laughs> Somebody pull out. Sanctification. That boy ain't right. Moving on. And finally, I was out jogging. I love to jog every morning, and I'm out there jogging. And when I jog, I put on my worship, and and I'm out there running. And people are scared of me because I sound very Islamic when I pray. And (laughs) I'll be running around the track. All of a sudden, I'll see some fellow looking at his wife going, baby, he's got a bomb. I was out jogging and finally said, the Lord said, I've been trying to tell you something for two months. I'd ask worship leaders, great worship leaders around the nation, what does Selah or Selah mean to you? And finally, I went up to my prayer room and I must preach the word to you tonight, simply titled Selah, the place of quiet transition. The next level, I'm here to talk to everybody that sounds like a skipping CD. We've got too many karaoke Christians in the body of Christ singing somebody else's song. I'm so tired of churches nowadays. We don't have relationship. We have cloning. We don't reproduce. We clone. 
Be like us. Look like us. It's the Walmart version of church. Go over here. We'll, we'll, we'll launch you. We'll bless you. We'll be over you. And, and it's that Walmart virgin, uh, version. It's that, it's that mentality. The church has stepped from into cloning rather than reproducing. Understand something. There's a huge difference if you're going to train and equip and release. You're going to raise up and launch. The problem is everybody. you want everybody to look like you. You have to understand when I had my, when we had our son, I did not clone Nate. He's more anointed than me, more gifted than me. We reproduced him and it was fun. I <laughs> remember that. We got everybody running around trying to see you've got four things that nobody else has. You have four things that nobody else has. You do you do you understand? Let me say this to you very clearly as I move into this. Look at Psalm 71 verse 23. Do you understand that your life is a song? I'll use the message Bible a bit tonight. I like it. it I'm a simpleton and it, it, it helps me. But it says when I open up in song to you, I let out a lung full of praise. My rescued life is a song. I am, a, you have four things that nobody else has. You have an eye print that nobody else has. You have a tongue print that nobody else has. You have a, you have a fingerprint that nobody else has. In other words, you're the only one that can see what you're called to see. The only one that can, can speak what you're called to speak. You're the only one that can touch who you're called to touch. But you also have a DNA. A helic DNA, the winding staircase, it's God's imprint upon your life. Do you know that scientists have taken people's DNA, and nobody else has it but you, have taken people's DNA, put it into a, an algorithm, put it into a computer, applied 5.28 megahertz to it, and they have produced symphonies out of people's DNA. You are a song unto God. You are different. What you got to realize, it reminds me of 1 Peter 4, verse 10. It's each, each one of you should use whatever you've been given. Each one of you should, should, whatever gift you have received, to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. In other words, I don't want you to look like me. I don't want your church to look like my church. I don't want you to act like my church. I want you to be you because cloning is boring and reproducing is powerful. And last time the scientists tried to clone something, it was a sheep called Dolly and it grew old real fast and died. And what you got to understand, God is calling us to move forward. He says, if you want to touch the world, be you. Step out. Begin to dream. I release you. He says, don't worry about cloning. Let them reproduce. And there's a sound coming from heaven for this house as I move into this word. He told me to come and tell you he's about to restart your song. Every great obedience is preceded. Or excuse me, every great suddenly is preceded by obedience. He told me, he said, you're to preach tonight about the restarting of the song because we're going forward. I brought my baton with me. In fact, I'm going to give some of these away at the end of this because by the time we leave this service, you're going to begin to sing again. You're going to go to bed singing. Would you watch this video? My staff put together. Listen. Can you hear it? The music. I can hear it everywhere. In the wind. In the air. In the light. all around us. All you have to do 
kept saying to me over and over, Selah. Now follow me because I'm in a different church in a different place every week in a different part of this nation or another part of the world. And I have seen some things lately. It's the reason why we uh, left our church and went back on the road. I was flying back from Singapore. I'm at the front of the plane and, and, and it was the middle of the night and the, the jack didn't work for my laptop. And, and I was tired. I had spoke a lot and, and I, I'm standing up and people are sound asleep. I'm in the very front and, and, and as I'm flying back from Singapore uh, two years ago, December, I'm weeping before for the Lord. I've got my yellow pad out and I'm writing vision. I'm writing all this stuff. And, and, and I look back and I see a Muslim man in the back on his carpet praying. And the Lord said to me, he said, son, I've made you the head and not the tail. And he began to let me hear the screams of a generation again. And I began to weep. The period of time in the American church where we're trying to decide whether or not we like Israel. In a period of time where we've left the secret place to cover our secret sins. Because if we go into the secret place, he might tell us what we got to change. But I was praying the other day and I said, Lord, where's the miracles? Where's the signs and wonders that are supposed to be in the church? Lord, I want them. And he said, Pat, we will, you will never have healing in the body until the leaders of the body have inner healing. In a period of time where we don't protect the un- fight for the unborn anymore and we ignore the reborn. We don't preach things that could cause us flack because we don't want any lack. And God began to speak to me. He said, I want you to tell the body to put, quit putting their cross up beside me. It just makes them a thief. And as I began to realize what God was speaking, he said, son, tell them, Selah. Write this down, number one. Do you understand that your life is a song unto God? Look at Psalms 104 verse 33. It it, it says it so clearly. Oh, let me sing to God all my life long. Sings hymns to my God as long as I live. Oh, let my song please him. I'm so pleased to be singing to God. Psalms 98 verse 1. Sing to God a brand new song. He's made a world of wonders. He rolled up his sleeves and he set things right. I told you that your life is a song. Ephesians chapter 2 proves it, verse 10. For we are God's workmanship. You're not a mistake. You're not an oops. You're not an accident. You're not a nobody. You're somebody that he's planned. He's dreamed. He's shouted. He's been waiting on you. He said, for you are his workmanship created for Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. He said, I've already written the book. I just need you to follow along. The word workmanship in the Greek means poema, song, poem. Something made in unique fashion. All those teachers that said to me, good Lord broke the mold on you, son. (laughs) He did. You understand you are his song. When I walk into a room, demons ought to be diving out windows. See, I have a problem. I have a sleep disorder called revelation. And when I go to bed at night, I have dreams. And, and I, my, my, one of my mentors, Pastor Reinhard Bunke, said to me recently, we spent the day together and we cried all day together. And, 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 and Pastor Bunke said to me, he said, Pat, the only way we're going to change a generation is to, to change the way they speak. Because if we're going to see Joel 2.28 in Acts chapter 2, and he'll pour his spirit on your sons and daughters and they shall prophesy. And, and he said, this is the most vile generation And so I kind of get in trouble when I go to these seeker conferences that bring me in because of whatever reason. Because I believe in getting a generation baptized in the Holy Ghost because if God's got their tongue, he's got their body, he can guide them. And see, I love it when a generation will lay on the altar. See, I believe it is time, but I want to teach them they are God's song. You are the song. Lord, you are his Song. It's, it, I love the verse, Psalms 9, verse 14. I'll write the book on hallelujahs on the corner of Maine. And first, I'll hold a street meeting. I'll be the song leader. Are you still with me? But here's what I've come to tell some leaders tonight. The song isn't over. 
because what I've learned about my Jesus is he's a God of completion and half finished songs equal half finished promises. It's Philippians one verse six. He's faithful to complete, but I love what it says in the message Bible. It says it so clearly. It says there's never been the slightest doubt in my mind that the God who started this great work in you would keep at it, bring it to a flourishing finish on the very day Christ Jesus appears. God says, if I start it, I'll finish it. I love what he said to John and John, the revelation when he spoke to him in revelation three, two, wake up. Strengthen what remains is about that. I've not found you done. Here's what you don't understand. There's going to be five different crowns we receive when we get to heaven. And the reason why we haven't gone yet is because our heads are either too big or too small. (laughs) I wish you'd shout. I thought I was at Daystar. All through the Psalms it says... And and Habakkuk 73 times in the Psalms and Habakkuk three times. Selah, I've never preached a word on Selah. I've never heard anybody share a word on Selah. I go to my prayer closet and I said, you want me to write a sermon? And Karen told me I had to go write it because I get mean when I got a new sermon being birthed. And she said, please go, 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 go write a sermon. Here, here's your lap. Go. Here's your laptop. Go. And I went up to my prayer room and he, I said, okay, God, you're telling me I was running this morning. You told me I had to write a message called Selah. And then, Lord, I, I'll be honest with you. I'm not a worship leader. My mama didn't lie to me. I, 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 I don't even know what that is. And he said, I need you to tell the body I'm not done. Because some of you have been listening to Bernanke and you've been listening to Fox and you've been listening to MSNBC, which is demonic. You've been listening to all these different shows and you've been listening to them and you've been watching them. And for some of you think we're done. I'm reminded of the letter that fell in my yard the, the night of the tornado when it came up uh, from, from uh, I don't know if our team has it. There it is. It came up from, from Tuscaloosa and I couldn't get in touch with Dad. I couldn't get in touch with Scott. I was praying for my family and then all of a sudden James Spann in Birmingham is screaming, Trustful, get down. And, and so we were down in our basement in our garage and the tornado was coming towards us and it was ripping through all of Birmingham and and, and we're down there and I, of course I went outside to look at it because I'm an idiot and I'm like Karen come look you got to be a redneck to do that you know what I'm saying Karen's going get inside I'm going no look out And the next day in my yard, a sheet of paper was laying there that had fallen out of the cloud. And it was written in, from a book in 1974 by John Wolverine called Armageddon, the Middle East and the Oil Crisis. It was, it was bent over. One of my staff found it that laying right beside my vehicle. I walked over, picked it up off the ground where he had laid it. It's the only sheet of paper we found in my yard. And it says, topping even these disasters will come a world war of unprecedented proportions. And God hands me this. And I'm, I pick it up in my yard and I'm holding it. The only other thing that I know that was found in our area was down the street just a little ways a lady found an old hymn out of a hymn book of a church it was destroyed and it was the old hymn he's coming soon i stood there in my house for two hours shaking karen said you got to go pray i went up to my prayer room and I, i fell on my knees i said why did you send me a note i said jesus what do you want me to do with this he said tell them See, he told me to come and tell you tonight the song's not over yet. It's Philippians 1 verse 6 in, in, in the Message Bible. I, I love what it says. It says, there's never been the slightest doubt in my mind that the God who started this great work in you would keep at it, bring it to a flourishing finish on the very day Christ Jesus appeared. Do you understand? He says, I will finish this thing. I'm a finisher. And I, I began to look up. I began to look up the word Selah. And God began to show me. He said, son, I, I want to show you something. So I looked it up. And the word is uh, Selah, or it's from the primary Hebrew root word which literally means to hang by implication to measure the place of pausing reflecting ponder deeply valued by weighing the dividing of a timeline before the divorce after the divorce before I got fired after I got fired before 
before I got the doctor's report, it's a dividing of, it's a moment, it's a changing of history, it's a transitional moment, it's a weighing moment, the moment of conjunction, it is a but moment, comma because, comma however, it's comma therefore, it is a conjunction moment. Uh, be, 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 when I was a child, this happened to me, but Jesus set me free. It is that transition moment. It, I, I wasn't very smart, but God healed my mind. Or you see what? I, that's what Sila means, conjunction. The changing of a point in history. The Amplified Bible, which means it's louder. Pause and calmly think of that. So I'm up in my prayer room and the Lord kept saying, Selah, 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 Selah. And, and God told me to come and tell you there's a Selah waiting on you. Your song is not over. He told me to tell me, come and tell you. In the Bible, it's used whether to urge us to meditate on our sinfulness or to show us a shadow and type of him in the Old Testament. That him that would come. It is a word of exhortation. It's a place to be wise, a place of transition, a place to measure, a place to weigh, a conjunction moment. It's all through his word. It's used in the Psalm 73 times. And God began to speak to me. A lot of people, especially leaders in the body of Christ, think the song is over. Moving forward. Can you imagine if some songs didn't finish? What if most of the songs we had sang tonight we didn't finish? What if we had just sang the first verse and then stopped and some of you would have kept singing? (laughs) We'd have laughed at you. My favorite, can you imagine if some of the songs we sang did not finish? Where would we be at? Uh, my, my, my favorite song, hymn, is Blessed Assurance. It's my song. When I was in college and I would go preach at prisons and I'd go preach on the streets and I'd go to little churches that would have me, anybody that would have me and promise to mail the check and I never did. And, and uh some reason this is the song they would sing I, mean, I, I love this old song by Fanny J. Crosby written in 1873 you know how it goes help me help me with that would you sing it for me would you sing it everybody sing it ready blessed assurance oh, yeah. come on tell it Jesus is mine oh he is a foretaste oh what a of salvation of salvation of God born of his spirit washed in his blood stop thank you what's the rest of it does anybody know it cause this Come on, let's praise him. My Savior, all the day long. Oh, this is, this is my story. This is my song. Oh, I'm going to praise him. never finished turn that on for me that's not it go ahead if you got that if you got that one where would we be if Elvis had never said don't step on my blue suede shoes my God. Oh, what about when Karen asked me on our first date? I'll never forget. By the way, this last Thursday, we've lived together. <laughs> we've been married 21 years this last Thursday. So. She's had all this. 
for 21 years. I know. But I'll never forget when we went on our first date, and we're on our first date, and, and uh, I showed up at her apartment to pick her up, and a bunch of people were supposed to go, but they didn't. We're down in college in Florida, and we're riding to, to the beach, and a song came on that would become our mantra, would become our song. It would become the song that, and the good and the bad, for years, this is our song. We'll play it to each other. This became our song that day, not knowing that we would be married. And, and, and this song, we'll even say it to each other in text or on Facebook or tweets or whatever. And would you play that for me? Get those cell phones out. Where would, now by the way, let me just cover my man card real quick and tell you that's the only Bette Midler song I like. But what if she had never said, because you're the wind beneath my wings. Good times and bad times. See, I'm trying to get something across to you tonight. Let me go deeper with you because, see, what you don't understand is God told me to come and share this to you tonight. But I have learned it is a shifting moment. It is a quiet moment. It is a secret moment. It's a weighing moment. It's the phone call from the doctor. Everything changes. You pause. The world goes into slow motion. It's the freezing moment. Because, see, I have learned it's in those seasons. Number three, write this down. There are moments when words don't work. I have learned every time God gets to sh- gets ready to shift me, everything gets loudly quiet. It's the quiet transitions of seasons. It's the transitional moment. It's when you don't have words to speak. It's that place of frustration. It's that place where you, you people can ask you how you're doing and you can lie to them and say, I'm doing great, brother, and we call you brother if we can't remember your name. And 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 it's that place where where we, we you, people walk up to you, what, how, how you doing, friend? Uh, great, uh, wonderful, praise the Lord. And we throw out our Christian cliches, but I'm learning there's moments when you really, especially in ministry, when you cannot describe Describe where you're at. It's Romans 8, 19. For creation was subjected to frustration, not by its own choice, but by the will, by the will of the one who subjected it and hope that creation itself will be liberated. God will frustrate you to get you out of your dead body. From its bondage to decay and brought in the glorious freedom of the children of God. He says, I will frustrate you. It's that place where you don't have where it's Psalm 77 11 it's once again I'll go over I'll go over what God has done lay out on the table the ancient wonders I'll ponder Selah pause all the things you've accomplished you give a long loving look at your acts it's that place when you have nothing to say when my sister passed away for some reason for six months I stepped into a darkness preaching to thousands standing on stages and I would walk back to my hotel room I'd get in my hotel room and I'll never forget I was standing in Sydney Harbor in Australia I had just spoken at a, a big youth thing there called Planet Shakers and, 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 and all, all of a sudden I'm standing in the Western Hotel I walked into my room and I'm standing standing there I stood in the balcony should have been rejoicing a lot of people, thousands had gotten saved and I'm standing there by myself and I'm missing my family and I stood in the balcony and I said where are you? where'd you go? place where you cannot describe where you're at. Look what it goes on to say in Romans. I I, I love this. I love it. Meanwhile, the moment we get tired in the waiting, that's one of my favorite verses right there. God's spirit is right along us, uh, alongside helping us along. If we don't know how or what to pray, it doesn't matter. He does our praying in us and for us, making prayer out of our wordless sighs and our aching groans. So in other words, everybody in this place that has ever been on their knees or been sitting in their car and you're just going, down on your face. You're praying for your babies. God says, I just heard every word you said. But I didn't say nothing. Yes, you did. 
because I'll take your groans, your sighs, your pains, your selahs, your quiet moments. I'll turn it into a prayer language. I am God. You don't even know what you just prayed. But the Spirit maketh intercession. He's, oh, God! Anybody ever been in the place of quiet? He wants you to know he built into your song a pause. He put a sailor in your song. A sailor. He put a transitional moment into your song. You don't understand it. He told me in a moment, we're going to restart your song. We're going to be restarting your song. He told me to come into. I looked up the sealers. I'm just going to show you real quick some that I found in the Bible because it'll prove what I'm trying to say to you. The bridge moment, the transitional moment, the changing moment, the weighing moment, the conjunction function. What's your unction? I just wanted a bowl of Fruit Loops just then. I don't know why. What do you mean? I looked him up. I began to look up and I picked out seven in the Bible. I'm going to tell you and then I'm done. I'm done. I'm done. Seven Salem moments. Seven reasons for transition. Moving. sailor it forces right emotions some of you don't get this every time God gets ready to increase your resume you let your emotions destroy you you jump from church to church to church most sheep we flip them over they've been branded with 50 different brands walk around mad at the world somebody didn't say hi to me and God says you don't understand he's standing back going no 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 it up and look what I wrote he has to tear the page out looked at my son and his future wife on vacation and we were doing family devotions and I said don't ever Nate let God have to tear one of your pages out because he's writing a book of your life Psalms 139 the sailor forces right emotions let me show you I don't know about you but I've gone to bed mad before but look what it says in God's word in your anger, don't sin. When you're on your bed, stretch, search your hearts and be silent. And then all of a sudden, there's that word sila. Why is that there? Because you have a moment to transition. God says, I will put a pause. How are you going to react? Look what he goes on to say. Offer right sacrifices after I've had my Salem moment. Offer right Many are saying, who can show us any good? Let the light of your face shine upon us. But look down at verse 8 after he has a Salem moment. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to lie down. I'm going to sleep in peace for you, O Lord, O Lord, make me dwell in safety. In other words, there's a transitional moment where God says, shh. Number two, just real quick, seven Salem. The Salem moment establishes God's sovereignty in your life. Who's in charge of your life? Your boss, your bank account, your 401. No, 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 listen. What do you mean? I'm always amazed that people want God to use them, but they can't even be faithful in tithe. And it's New Testament, by the way. He's, Jesus said, keep the moral law, that's tithe. You'll cheat on your taxes and you want us to trust you with the pulpit. Can I tell you, your hamster is not a deduction. Now, our Yorkie is demon-possessed, therefore she is because she's a thousand. Legion is her name. <laughs> Sorry. I want to talk to everybody in here that feels like other people have taken advantage of them. You're watching other people be blessed and you don't get it right now. The tithe has cut off since 2008. You don't get, you don't understand what's going on and you, you're wrestling with all this. Look what God's word says right here. In Psalms, my salvation, my honor depend on God. He is my mighty rock, my refuge. Trust him at all times. Oh, people pour out your hearts to him for God is our refuge. Then all of a sudden he throws in a Selah. Selah. Because look what it goes on to say. You know why? I'm going to pause. I'm going to trust him. My integrity depends on him. Because low-born men, they're but a breath. 
the highborn are but a lie. If weighed on a balance, they're nothing. Together, they're only a breath. Don't trust in extortion. Take pride in stolen goods. Though your riches increase, do not set your heart on them. God says, who are you going to trust right now? Are you getting this so far? Turn that down just a little bit. Turn the music down just a little bit. See, the sailor establishes number three. Who are you going to trust in? Listen to me. I don't care who you are. If you're in ministry, you're going to have enemies. I don't care who you are. There's going to be somebody that the enemy sent to destroy you. The Bible doesn't say we're supposed to live at peace with everybody. It does not say that. All you pacifists, you better wake up. The Bible says do everything you can to live at peace with everyone. Who am I going to trust in? Am I going to trust in people in my church that are doing this or that? I'm going to trust in the king. Look what God's word says right here. Look at the sailor. They spread a net for my feet. I was bowed down in distress. They dug a pit in my path, but they have fallen into it themselves. Selah. Why is the sealer there? Because something transitioned. My trust went back to him. Because my heart is steadfast, oh God. My heart is steadfast. I will sing. I will dance. I will make music. I will awaken the soul. I'll wake the harp. And I, he says, I'm going to have worship service. Regardless of who's coming against me, I'm going to praise him. Give God a praise offering. The sealer establishes my hope. It restores my hope. I just did a conference out in Phoenix and there was thousands of people there and I made a statement. I said, how many of you are battling with depression right now? The entire place, raise your hand. How many of you are scared to death because the economy, because Phoenix has been hit hard? They all raise your hand. I am watching the church I just did a whole writing. It's in my newsletter back there. I just wrote it. Because America, God is our mascot. In God we trust. The land of prosperity. But a mascot doesn't get in the game. It just cheers. It just screams. It looks good on t-shirts. It looks good on the dollar bill. Because we're figuring out right now in our nation whether or not God is really the God of America. Because money and greed is our God right now. What do you mean? And people are getting their world rocked right now. If God really wasn't our mascot, but he was our God, the churches would be packed during this season. So every one of you that have been walking through and your emotions are getting ripped to pieces constantly. Look what God's word says right here in Psalms. I love this because, see, this is this, this brother, I believe it's Asaph that wrote this, is having a bad day. He, look at him. He's, he's very discouraged. I remembered my songs in the night. My heart mused and my spirit inquired, will the Lord reject forever? Will he never show his favor again? Has his unfailing love vanished forever? That's an oxymoron. Unfailing love vanished. Can't happen. Watch. Has his promise failed for all time? Has God forgotten to be merciful? Has he in anger withheld his compassion? Selah. I'm writing a book about this right here. Why is the Selah there? Because look at this guy whose emotions have been getting the best of him. He's ready to quit. He's ready to die. Look what happens. He pauses. He conjunctions. He waits for a moment. Then he said, then I thought. To this I will appeal. The year is the right hand of the Most High God. I love this. If you can't figure out what he's done today, think about yesterday. I remember the deeds of the Lord. Yes, I remember your miracles of long ago. I will meditate on all your works. I'll consider your mighty deeds, your ways, O God, are holy. What God is so great is our God. You are the God who performs miracles. You display your power among the peoples. With your mighty arm, you redeem your people. The descendants of Jacob. Somebody give my God a praise offering. Selah, number five, is the place to realize God's favor is on you. Let me, let me talk to you, Christian television people. The problem with the body of Christ right now is we think favor is about us. How many of you, when you go shopping, you ask for favor for a parking place? Don't lie. Listen, I park in expectant mothers at Walmart because I'm expecting, I got a vision, I'm birthing a dream. I don't. I'm pregnant with a vision. Karen, now understand, she's got a powerful message back there called Confessions of a Shopaholic because that's, it's an autobiography. And 
I told Karen, I said, bury me by Walmart so you'll see me every day. <laughs> and now watch, because she and Abby love to shop. And, and I love to go to the mall and make fun of people. That's the only reason why I go. I just sit there. I taught Nate how to do it. We pass, we pass it on to our forerunners. It's a gifting to make fun of people. <laughs> anyway, that's not important either. But now watch. This is a true story. Karen believes that she has favor when she parks. I believe in favor too. We love to have favor. But I'll never forget one time we went to the mall. It was Christmas time and I went with her. Folks, I'm serious. I'd rather have surgery. But I went with her. And we're riding through the mall parking lot. She's going, God's going to give us a parking spot. God's going to give us something. And I'm going, yes, I'm driving. Hope he does. And all of a sudden, true story, Karen says, stop the car. Stop the car. I said, what is it? She said, look over there. Three rows over there's a parking spot. Okay. Pat, get out of the car. I said, what? Get out. Get out. I'm going to climb over. Get out. Run over there and stand in it. I said, Karen, I am not going to do it. And when I was running over there, it's a true story. I'm running over there going, I preach all over the world. What if somebody sees me? Hey, there's the preacher. All of a sudden, I'm true story. I'm standing in this parking spot like this. I'm talking. Oh, my God. I'm freezing. Where is she at? And I see her coming, but right in front of her is a giant 1978 Buick about the size of this building. True story. And all I could see was white hair behind the steering wheel. It's where's the beef woman. And all of a sudden, I'm true story. I'm standing there, and she comes pulling up, and I went, oh, <laughs> no, I'm, I'm holding this for my wife. You need to move on. Move on. And she starts to turn in and she went, this really happened to me. And I'm, I said, ma'am, my, my wife's right back there. Come on, just keep going. And she ignored me and started pulling in and started bumping me with her car. I'm going, I'm looking at her, I'm going, Are you, do you want to do this? And I'm getting hit with her car. I'm going, are you serious? And finally I said, you can have it. Crazy. And she went. I look back and Karen's laughing. A demonic laugh. Meet you inside. I gotta go, gotta go wipe off my pants. <laughs> that lady hurt me. And but here's the problem: we think favor that God puts on us because we love to speak it over you when you leave the building every week. You know, uh, blessing you're going in, you're coming out. Look what God's word says about the favor He puts on you. It isn't about you. He ain't even gonna give it to you if He can't get it through you. Look what God's word says: May God be gracious to us and bless us and make His face shine upon us. When He begins to bless us, you better take a sailor moment and realize why. Why? So that your ways may be known on earth, your salvation among all nations. May the people praise you, O God. May all the people praise you. May the nations be glad and sing for joy. In other words, I will bless you if they realize who did it. I will bless you. I will pour out my favor on you if you'll give me praise. If you'll begin to... Some of you get blessed and disappear for six weeks from church. I gotta close. The sealer takes your worship to the next level. Oh, you don't even realize that we had three or four sealers in this service. I, I saw them. Sailor, sealer, sealer, potato, patata. What do you mean? Sealer takes your worship. Look at Psalms 47 right here. Look at this. Look at this. Clap your hands, all your nations. We love this. It's a Shabbat verse. It's a shouting verse. I love it. I love to spin. I love to dance. I love to praise. Clap your hands with, with 
uh, shout to God with cries of joy. How awesome is the Lord most high. He subdued nations under his people under our feet. He chose our inheritance for us, the people of the pride of Jacob, whom he loved. I never knew there was a seal there. Why is that in the middle of that powerful song? Because tonight some of you got off work and you weren't coming. But you came down here and started worshiping. And at some point in the middle of the transition of the songs, you don't even understand what happened. God looked down and smiled. And he said, angels, get your wings on. I need to go visit her boss. I need to go see her doctor. I need to go talk to his bank account. Because you don't realize it. There is a transitional moment in the middle of every worship service where it says God ascends amidst the shouts of joy, the surrounding, the sounding of the trumpets. He said, there's a moment when you start praising me. Hebrews chapter 2 says he prophesies Natah over you. He speaks your future when you start praising. God says there's a moment when you're worshiping, when the worship leader gets quiet and everything begins to calm where he says, now it's my turn. I'm going to go to reward those who diligently seek me. Selah. I hear the sound of music starting in congregations across this place. This, I need to tell you, Daystar, only a third of the song has been written about this house. You have no idea. I see, I see planting of a harvest around the nations. I see the rising up of a generation that will preach the gospel in this place. I see things. I see the wall covered with pictures of missionaries out of this house. God says, you're about to step into a new season, Daystar. He says, I'm not going to let the bishop die or your pastor die. I'm not done with the song. I'm still writing the song. I'm still doing something. I'm stirring up. I'm educating. I'm raising up somebody. Praise him. I'm about to take a last minute offering. I'm about to take a last minute offering. That was unbelievable teaching. That was an unbelievable. I gave it. I got to Karen. I said, you just write it because I'll give it all. Here's the last one. It's going to get good. I'm going to show you something in a minute. I'm going to tell you why he's been saying Sila to me for two months. Every time I sit down on the plane, it's going to get good. You're going to slap somebody when you get home. You know you've had church when they got the handprint. <laughs> you missed it. Good God. Come here, baby. I'll pray for you. Now listen to me. Because I've gone through this lately. What are you doing in this, God? We, we, we run together. We pray together every morning. We cry out to God. And we give an agreement. And, and we've been seeing miracles. And there's certain things we pray for. And there's times in our prayer time where God has warned us about things that we're attacking our son. And we'll go and pray and we'll cry out to God. And, and, and in my, I, I got, got so messed up this morning by Pastor or Bishop uh, Steve because the word he brought in dad last night. Oh, you were just on. When you went into prayer, it's like place froze and the aroma of Jesus came in the room and I was talking to Britt Hancock on the cell this morning on the way here and he said did you feel that transition that seal did you know that God also has seal moments Zephaniah 317 the Lord your God is in the midst of you a mighty one a savior who saves he will rejoice over you with joy he will rest in silent satisfaction his love for you and in his love he won't even remember your sins he will exalt over you with singing Selah. what do you mean watch 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 oh it's gonna get nasty my son is my dearest friend my boy and I are best friends I started the church because Nate looked at me one day, beginning of his ninth grade year, and said, Dad, I need you home while I'm in high school. You've traveled to the world, but I need you at home. So I started the church. I told our church that. We grew, even when I would tell them that. Isn't that crazy? But Nate, ever since he was little, every time he'd run out on a soccer field, the basketball courts, whatever, whatever sport he was playing, I've always done this to him. And he does it right back to me. It's our black power thing. It is. Because when I get to heaven, I'll be black. And all you black people are going to be white. And I cannot wait to go, honky! Cracker, what you doing? 
I'm going to be dancing in front of you. You're going to be like. You'll be doing the robot. Doing the cabbage. So Nate and I have always done that to each other. It's our black power black power. He picked me up at the airport in New Jersey a few weeks ago, right outside of New York City. And I was standing at the end of the escalator. I looked down there. He was standing there waiting on me. And he was, black power, Dad. Black, black power, son. <laughs> now listen. This is serious. I don't care if you believe me. I will be black. tired of tripping over stuff <laughs> tired of showing up at youth camps and acting like i can shoot hoop tired of it and they go ha, 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 ha. and i'll shut up i'll preach and but when nate was in at the end of his eighth grade year nate was just a little short fella a little ball and he has crazy dreams and we had our park bench experience that's what we call it august 9th we're sitting on the bench, park bench, and he looks at me, and God gives me a prophetic word for my son. I said, God just told me you're going to get scholarship offers from all over America to play football. Now, he's, he hasn't grown into his body yet. He's short. Chunky little fella. And he says, are you serious, Dad? I said, God just told me you're going to play football at the next level. Okay, Dad. So he moves into his junior year and or excuse me his ninth grade year he actually he starts getting pretty good and 10th grade year gets to play jv but then his junior year hits and there's five guys that are in front of him on the football team and all of a sudden and i've, I've told some of you have heard me tell about this and all of a sudden god begins to just break his heart and he would come home weeping and crying because he didn't get to play and, but I'll never forget what happened because he's like dad you told me I'm going to get scholarships you told me God's you know, going to give me a scholarship and then finally though but then his, his senior season hit but see I'll never forget when he was standing on the sidelines during those junior years the sophomore junior year when he wasn't getting to play middle of the games I'd scream out hey Nate you're doing good he'd turn around and go not playing I know Pastor Scott would come to the games junior year hey Nate you're doing awesome son black power Scott would be sitting with me going you're an idiot he's not playing Coaches who all went to my church would go, our pastor's an idiot. <laughs> Junior season, he'd get to play a minute maybe. He'd come home, he'd walk in the garage, come in the man cave downstairs and just start crying. Going, Dad, I thought you said I'm going to get a scholarship. I'm not even having enough film to get a scholarship. How am I going to get a scholarship? I know, just hang in there. I know. See, God sees. But then something happened. For its senior season, Something crazy happened. He became the anchor of his defense. Coaches started calling from all over the nation. 17 offers, crazy phone calls. Defensive player of the year for all of Birmingham out of 400 players. All of a sudden, he's getting offers and all this crazy stuff. And when he would come running off the field, and they'd say, Nate Shadstein, you were there with me at some of the Nate Shadstein on the sack, Nate Shadstein on the tackle. He was recording sacks and tackles and everything, crazy stuff. Big 6A high school. And I've always saw this when I could shout. I'd say, Nate! And he'd hear me over 20,000 people. And Karen would say, how does he do that? I'd say, because a boy knows his father's voice. And, and But all those years he wasn't playing, I'd scream, come on, son, get in there. You're going to do good. But his senior season, when they'd call his name out, Scott be speaking in tongues. My nephew just killed that boy. But then all of a sudden, Nate would come running off the field. But Nate would come running off the field, and he'd look up in the stands, and I'd be doing black power. 
But why wasn't I cheering? Go back to Zephaniah because I'm about to explain some of your walk right now because some of you ain't heard from God for a while. But see, God only cheers when you're not in the game. He only cheers when he wants you to realize you can get in there someday. So if you're hearing him scream right now, he's trying to get you in the game. But if you're not hearing right nothing right now, at the end of your bed every morning, he's standing there going, come on. You're in there. You're doing it. You're in there. You're in there. He's silent satisfaction. Silent satisfaction. He is standing over you right now. And you say, but I ain't heard from God. The teacher doesn't talk when he gives a test. And what you don't understand is right now he's standing over you. And you feel like a failure. He's not screaming anymore because you're back in the game. He's not screaming anymore because you're getting a hold of this. He told me to come and tell you. I got to close right here. I got to close. 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 There's pastors in here ready to quit. There's people, there's people that are trying to quit because you've got pirates in your church that are shipwrecking things and they have taken over the ship and they've tried to put their own flags up and they're over there trying to steal your sheep because you gave them an opportunity to preach. And all of a sudden now they're, now they're, now they're running around and they're saying, come on down here to the street. I heard from God. He told me to come start a church down here and I'm supposed to take 40 of the people because my pastor trusted me with them. So I'm going to be an Absalom and I'm going to sit at the gate and tell him he's too busy and so all of a sudden they leave and they're taking people away from you and they're starting their own thing and you don't even understand they've got anything birth wrong will have defects you don't even understand they're dolly the lamb they went down the street and tried to clone themselves and sooner or later they're gonna get old and die Because they didn't get reproduced, didn't get birthed, didn't get launched. And you've been sitting in your room, what did I do, God? I loved them, I shepherded them, I did their burials, I did their marriages. I was there in the middle of the night and now this person will do this. And God is saying... a song with many conjunctions and grammars we've all got but we've all got commas we've all got we've all got because but what is your life if it's has finished if it's a half finished song i looked up the word sila it means moment of conjunction the changing of a point in history my father taught me this i give you credit because you're here on the road i don't I sound so smart at churches every week. Dad, listen. You got anything? <laughs> well, son, I do. Give it to me, Dad. I walk into church. You didn't believe what God told me this morning. Selah, the moment of conjunction, the changing of a point in history. Do you know that in the Hebrew, when you see a conjunction, when you see but or you see and, do you know that in the Hebrew, because they don't they don't have commas, and do you understand that every Hebrew word has a number assigned to it? And do you know that a conjunction is a zero, an absolute zero? So when David said, they're bottling my tears, they're twisting, you're bottling my tears, they're twisting my words, but God is for me. The but becomes a zero, canceling out the first part. You ain't getting this yet. Psalm 66. If I had shared sin in my heart, the Lord would not have listened. But, conjunction, selah, because selah is conjunction. God has surely listened and heard my voice in prayer. In other words, the first part gets canceled. Zeroed. Psalm 73, 26, my flesh and my heart may fail. That's a horrible verse. But zero, let's cut all that out. Selah. God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. 
You're still not getting this yet. Don't confuse the comma with the period. God knows his grammar. What are you talking about, Pat? Listen to what I'm saying. There is a choir being assembled in heaven right now. And Revelation 5.14 says that we're all going to be singing together to him who sits on the throne in glory and honor and praise unto the Lamb. We're going to be worshiping. We're going to be singing our songs together. Our DNA is going to become one. We're going to begin to cry out. But you're still not getting this yet. Why don't you stand with me across this room? Because, see, I need to show you something. You did not realize. And God kept saying to me, Selah, 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 Selah. Everywhere I went, every time I'd sit down in that seat on the plane... Pat, look up, Selah. I looked it up, Lord. It doesn't mean anything but pause. Look it up, Pat. I'm trying to show you something. What does it mean, Lord? You're not getting this yet. See, remember, when God was separated from man, and God was screaming for man, I miss you, and the only way I can get to you is to stick my face through a burnt sacrifice and breathe upon a priest who in turn will spin around and touch the people and deliver the word. And God says, I've been separated. Here's man over here screaming, I miss you, God. God, I miss you. And all of a sudden, all of a sudden... There was a sila, a pause in the atmosphere when they began to sing glory to God in the highest. All of a sudden, Jesus He stepped in. And he canceled out. man was destined to be separate from God but Selah conjunction Father, Son, Holy Spirit, the middle man, the middle of the term, the joining together of the two, the bringing together of the sentence, the conjunction. When he said, Father, the attitude of the cross is, I thirst, I forgive it, it's finished. When he declared it is over and his hands dropped off a cross, the song of the redeemed began back again. Somebody praise him. So Selah means Jesus. That's what I hear in the Spirit. He is my Siva. For six hours he got quiet. This is my, oh, this is my song, praising my, oh, 
because this is my story, Lord. See, the Lord told me to come and preach this tonight. Because we're starting and we're moving forward, Dad. I saw a man on fire last night. You're the realest pastor I've ever met. Pastor's not there, just sitting out there. You made him quit telling you to tithe on Sunday because you couldn't rest. Now they tell you on Monday and it just makes your week hell. Family's tired. And everything's quiet at night. And you're laying there going, why don't you call me? Why is everybody else blessed? Why'd they leave us? And the whole time, he's singing, this is my story. This is my song. Praising my Savior. Lift your hands and cry out. This is my story. This is my. Oh, I'm going to praise you, Lord. If you're all the day long. This is my story. Santa Ana Bacheria, Ana Bacheria. 